Hey gang, thanks for listening to the CrossFit Offroad Podcast. This is Mitch. This is also sponsored by Prime Shape Fitness. If you are looking to get in better shape, look for me online or on Facebook at uh, Prime Shape Fitness. Find my page, reach out to me. I'd love to help you out. I do online and in-person workouts. I can help you out either way. Now on to the Fun Off-Road Podcast. On today's episode, we, well, me, I talked to a couple different people recently and uh, just going to catch up with a couple guys. The first one is a little bit sad, the second one is a little more fun. So let's jump right into it. First off, the sad one. This is, uh, if you guys are from Minnesota, there is a spot on KFAN where they have Ode to a Dead Guy. Well, today is called Ode to a Dead Jeep. Unfortunately, one of the guys we had on a podcast here recently, uh, his Jeep is no longer. Uh, Billy, uh, he's been on here a couple times. One time was just met him at an off-road deal. He he's a listener of the podcast, and all of a sudden he comes walking up to me at the end of the day. He's like, "Hey, are you Mitch?" And I said, "Yep." He goes, "I listen to your podcast." I'm like, "You're about the only guy." Nah, there's more people than that. But he came up. We talked a little bit. I interviewed him. Talked a bit about his Jeep, and he has a, I think it was an 0203 in that ballpark uh, Jeep uh, with the Dana 44 in the back, Dana 30 up front. And he did a bunch of work to it. He'd, stick shift you know so he fit right in with our crowd and uh he was doing some work to it and he found out about the off-road event from the podcast well so advertising works folks and um don't mind me that was just my chair almost breaking but uh so he was a listener so then one time he i saw on his facebook that he went to moab so i called him up and uh that episode's called billy goes to moab it was just interesting saw how he had a lot of, you know, bad luck, I guess, just getting there. They said the trip was great, but uh, some bad luck here and there on the trip, you know, just things that just go wrong when you're towing a Jeep, you know. So uh, I wanted to talk to him about that and just his experience on going to Moab for the first time. And he was pretty hype about it, and uh, his, his profile picture is still him and his Jeep and everything. And uh, on the the picture, a point, I can't remember the name of the rock, but if you park your Jeep up there, it looks like you're on top of the world, probably called on top of the world, can't remember. But uh, long story longer, uh, he had a great trip, and he's been on the podcast a couple of times. So definitely a friend of the show. He, like I said, uh, messaged me every now and again about what he's up to, and it's kind of cool to catch up and meet people through this podcast and through this off-roading. You, might, you meet the best people. Uh, he had a trip planned, and he was on his way to this trip. So he was on his way to Cloquet, uh, or Gilbert, I should say, and he's meeting up with a bunch of people up there for a fall color run. And uh, all of a sudden, a car was coming the wrong way down the road. He was within 10 miles or 10 minutes of his destination. After leaving the cities here and getting up there, he was 10 miles away. And uh, he swerved to miss somebody. Uh, And you'll find out more why in a bit. But he swerved to miss somebody, rolled his Jeep a few times, and then um, the person was gone. Uh, But Billy was able to get out of his Jeep quick enough from what I understand, get a partial plate of some type and call 911. Uh, the person was driving the wrong side of the road because she was hammered. And so it's unfortunate uh, that this happened, but the cops did arrest her. And, and uh, she was definitely almost, what was it, th- nearly three times over the legal limit. So I don't know how many white claws you have to drink in a half hour to get that hammered, but uh, she was that that hammered. Uh, ran Billy off the road, but they got her, and uh, unfortunately the Jeep is no more. And, and Billy went to the obviously went to the hospital, and doctors said the Jeep saved his life. The TJ saved his life. So 
another feather in the cap for the, having some roll bars and <laughs> some protection there, but Jeep stays together enough to, you know, go roll over three times and Billy, you know, is here to kind of tell the tale. Um, I'm telling it for him because um, it's, it's just, uh, it's an amazing story. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So he was able to kind of get out and get the, you know, call 911. And so I don't know what's all going to happen from here uh, with, with this person, and hopefully Billy's able to, uh, you know, recover fully. And I did ask him. Um, I, 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 we were texting back and forth, and finally I said, man, I feel really bad. I'm like, are you going to get another Jeep? He says, oh, yeah, I'm looking for an LJ or a Rubicon. So he's <laughs> he's kind of already looking for the next one, and he's, he's staying with the TJ family. Uh, he says he really likes the TJ, which is... What this podcast is, you know, somewhat a big fan of also because that's what I have and all my friends pretty much all have the TJ. And so if you're looking to sell an LJ Rubicon with a stick shift for cheap, uh, he might be the guy for you. But obviously those aren't growing on trees. And he said he's going to take his time to find the right one. Uh, Got to wait back to see what the insurance check's going to look like and everything. Uh, but in the end, though, we're happy he's fine to a certain degree. We're very sad about the Jeep. He did go and get some parts off his Jeep. We'll see what other parts he can get, but he's he got his winch and a few other things, I'm sure, out of there. Um, but I thought that was a story I wanted to kind of share uh, on that note, and like I said, we're bummed out about that Jeep. It was a cool color, too. Was, I don't know if you remember what the first ever Rubicon color was. It was actually like a gold. I think that was the color of his Jeep, but it wasn't a Rubicon. So it was kind of a, a cool deal. I, I definitely enjoyed seeing it and uh, bummed out it's gone now. But, yeah, it's pretty tore up. Uh, so, yeah, that's the first story. Um, so, yeah, I, I love hearing stories about different Jeeps. We have some other catch-ups we have coming up. Uh, i got some cool things. I'm actually watching a video of something. I'm going to interview these guys out of uh, the East Coast that they're building a really cool TJ up. So you're going to hear more about that in the near future. Um, so I'm just doing some background checks there. I got invited to be on another podcast. You're going to hear more about that soon, too. Uh, they're out of Canada. So I got some cool things lined up here. I was just writing down some notes. So you might have we got some good fresh episodes coming up, in other words, with some cool, you know, cool content uh, about some builds and some other clubs that you might be able to go visit, or areas, I should say. Uh, so, yeah, got some cool things coming up. But... That's story number one, and story number two is coming up. All right, back with the Crossroad Off-Road Podcast, and this is another catch-up piece. I had Kevin on here. Say hi, Kevin. Hey. Uh, I had Kevin on here a while ago. I met Kevin when he was looking at a, a motorcycle at my buddy's place, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he goes, hey, you got a nice Jeep there. And I pulled up my Jeep, and Wade had his Jeep. He goes, I'm into that. Uh, but he is into J10s. If you remember, he was on the episode, and he got into J10s based upon the movie Twister. So you go back and listen to that, <laughs> that piece. Uh, right. but he gives you updates on what's going on. And so I invited him to the Jeep event. And I'll have to say this, he didn't know about this yet, but people were walking up to me and asking me, whose truck is that? Because yours was the only non-JK, like JK, TJ, uh, JT, non, non like traditional thing that would show up in something like this, but you had the J10 there. So you were the right. belt all because people walk up to you like, whose is this? <laughs> I said, it's that guy over there. So did you know that? People walking up to asking who the heck's uh, Jeep that was, uh, JTN? Yeah, I had a few questions, but I, uh, I noticed there was a new Gladiator there as well. So I, uh, you know, it's, uh, you don't know what 
people are going to be interested in, I guess. And I, I, I was actually most interested in the, the LJ, I believe, that was there. Yeah. And I never really, uh, I guess I'd never seen one of those before in person. So, well, that's a, a topic for another episode because that's uh, what the guy I had on, I talked about before, Billy. He's looking for one and they're like a dime, not a, they're exact opposite of a dime a dozen. They're like a unicorn. They're, you're hard to find, only made for two and a half years. And, oh, wow. And, and uh, you know, so people really sought after. And if you find a Rubicon one, regardless, it's, it's definitely even more rare. Yeah. And, uh, I did an episode a long time ago, but this one, six, she was a 16, 17 year old girl. She found a stick shift Rubicon and she was rebuilding it. It's, it was like, I don't know, 20 episodes ago, 30 episodes ago. But I was like, she's wrenching on with her dad. I'm like, I couldn't believe it. She's like 16, 17 years old. And she goes, yeah, I found it and bought it. And people are like, you know, you got the unicorn? And she's like, I don't know. I, just, I like it. So I bought it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're the first person to show up with cash in hand is what it goes because those don't last long. So yeah, I think, yep. I think that guy's name was, it was so quick. I'm really bad with names. I think that was Adam. Uh, that was uh, Chad from Zeus Off-Road's old Jeep. He built that one up and um, sold it to, to Adam there. So Okay. I know about that Jeep for, for a few years, and so that one's got a lot of good upgrades to it. But uh, like I said, people walk up to me, people you know drive up and like, who's a whose Jeep truck is that? That's cool. And so I sent them over to talk to you. Uh, and last time we talked, you were, I think the bed was not, nothing was painted, I don't think, except for the body, uh, the cab. Right. So where, where, where's the J10 rebuild uh, up to now? Uh, yeah, so I think last summer... I did have the bed off the rear. Um, it was in primer. I had a tailgate that was from auction. So that had paint on it at least. But yeah, the cab was kind of as is. I had wire wheeled the frame, done the poor 15 job on that. Uh, I put some new springs up front, new shocks all around. And I think, I think the exhaust was mostly there. Um, little story there, I had to get a, uh, a custom wide pipe actually bent. I decided to, for the exhaust, I, I decided to stick with uh, factory manifolds. I did some research on them and they actually say that AMC manifolds have very good flow and there's no reason to go with headers if you can find some. Uh, I, I had a cracked manifold on one side, so I, I kind of got online and I started looking and I ended up going with some new old stock manifolds out of Wisconsin. Um, and so I got those bolted up and I put a two and a half inch uh, Deaver springs up front. And so for some reason they, they actually routed the, the Y pipe underneath the front drive shaft. And so even with a mild two to three inch lift, I actually had to cut that Y pipe out and kind of get it re, you know, rework it or basically just get a whole new one made. And um, so I think last summer, I think I had basically from the cab back the exhaust on and I probably had the manifolds on, but I didn't have them actually connected. So um, I think that was probably the first thing I did after our last call. And then, oh boy. From there on out, it was basically bodywork and paint um, most of last year. So let's rewind a little bit for some people who haven't probably, you know, don't even know what we're talking about. But 
A J10 is the, I believe, the half-ton pickup. It's a, it's a regular, what's it, a seven-foot bed or is it an eight-foot bed? Uh, this one's an eight-foot bed. This is a long wheelbase. Yeah, so it's an eight-foot bed, regular cab, half-ton pickup. So, you know, you know about the Ford, Chevys, and Dodges of the world, and nowadays the Toyotas and everything else. But right today, before the Gladiator, actually, the Gladiator, was the Gladiator before it, too, yet? Or was there a Gladiator before the J10, right? Oh, so the, the Gladiator was the Kaiser area or era. So Kaiser owned Jeep at that point. I think it was 64 or 65. The, uh, the Jeep truck came out, um, you know, post Willys. And so to talk about wheelbases, I guess, real quick. The long wheelbase Gladiator, um, I want to say it was actually a shorter wheelbase than my truck, but it still had an eight foot bed. Cause I've in my search for uh, finding a clean uh, box here, I was, you know, I, I had an opportunity to buy like a 68 gladiator bed and um, the wheelbase is different. The, the rear axle is actually centered in the box. Whereas mine is kind of positioned, you know, further back than it is further forward. So it's, it's a little bit longer in the front than it is in the back. So, um, plus those were, uh, those were single wall. And once the, uh, I guess with the J 2000, I believe in the early seventies, they uh, started doing dual wall, uh, bedsides and that's what causes all the rust. So, um, but yeah, I started with a gladiator and then I think in 72, don't quote me, but I think 72 was when AMC took ownership of Jeep and they came out with like the J, I think it was a J200, J300, and then J2000, J3000. And um, I think finally the J10, the J20 being the three quarter ton that came out and became kind of the, the standard designation in 74. Mm -hmm. And so I actually have a 74 box. Uh, the cabin chassis is a 77, but I have a 74 box. And um, yeah, I've had some, some, some troubles with that. I thought it would bolt right up. And um, I found out today that <laughs> um, not so much. So maybe, maybe, maybe every one of them is a, a custom cut, you know, custom drill holes and oh, make it work. Oh, yeah. Handmade, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's um, even just you know. I think I, I think I got fenders from a different truck on here, and yeah, nothing's a nothing's a perfect fit. I'll say that. So, so then, so this is a seventy-four to seventy-eight type of a body. Yeah. So um, ballpark, and it has the three sixty V eight. Yep. Uh, from AMC, they did make a 401. It looks like I'm guessing right. it's been the bigger of J20s, but uh, they had that. And yours is a three-speed automatic. Yeah, it's a turbo 400 three-speed. Um, they had Buick 350s in them early on, but yeah, you're right. They had a uh, a 401, and they actually put those in the the full-size Cherokees. And uh, yeah, the J20 is the three quarter tons. I don't know if I don't know if the J10s got the 401s, but um, the 360 was either a two barrel or a four barrel. I have a two barrel. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Really, really, the the difference throughout the years. I think the J10 ran 
from like 74 to uh, maybe mid 80s. And they had about six, seven different grill designs. And that's really, that's really all they did to change the look of the truck. I mean, the, the front clip never changed. Actually, it's, it's, it's identical to like a Wagoneer or a Cherokee. I could, I could pull a front clip off a Wagoneer or a Cherokee and it would, it would bolt right up to my J10. Um, they these until 1988? I think, yeah, I think the, the Wagoneers went till 91 and the J trucks were, they stopped production. Yeah, I think a few years before that. Yeah, because I'm looking at the, the, you know, Wikipedia is a pretty fun place to go at times. And right. so that's where I'm at. So I'm looking like a genius right now. But I'm like, <laughs> 1971 through 1988, they basically had the same style truck. Is that amazing to me that, you know, nowadays it's like a five, four to five year life cycle of a vehicle, it seems. And right. then, you know, they're already like, if a brand new, like for example, a Corvette just came out, they're already planning the next what the next Corvette's gonna look like. You know, they're already like planning that out because it takes that long for development. But right. these guys, Dodge does this and Jeep, for example, well, they're just like, oh, it's working. Let's just keep on rolling with it for a decade and a half. <laughs> just no, that's just it. I mean, it's it was basically the same truck, and they just swapped out drivetrain options and. So you, you think the body panels and stuff would be available. You think there'd be parts, but there just, there just isn't, um, you know, rust free, I guess. And well, yeah, um, I think the, I think the last time we talked to you about this, the numbers that they built compared to like your Ford or Chevy, you know, Dodge even at the time was probably one tenth the size of Ford in terms right. of vehicles are kicking out. And then, uh, you know, not that Dodge was a part of Jeep at this point, but you know, Jeep was just that many less, you know, it was just a fraction of the size of even Dodge at the time. So, right. It's just interesting to me that, um, the cool, they look, I think they just look cool. I mean, regular cab, uh, trucks, I think are the coolest look. Uh, oh, yeah. Cause everything you need, nothing you don't. <laughs> so, I, in a perfect world, I would have, I would have loved to have had a short bed, you know, single cab truck and, I almost went with the C10 just for that reason, but I, um, the, the long bed's kind of grown on me. I kind of got, I guess, like this lifted farm truck look going right now, and I, I, I like it. And, um, but to, to kind of get back to the models real quick, the, the only difference in the actual, the body lines um, themselves was they had a narrow track and a wide track. And so I have a wide track, and the narrow track, um, I think it was mostly with the Cherokees and the Wagoneers. The narrow tracks, they didn't have the big fat fender flares on the sides. They were more kind of contoured with the body and uh, kind of more low, low profile, I guess, than the, like what I have on my truck here. And, um, but really, other than that, I mean, yeah, for, like you said, nearly two decades, they they didn't change the body at all. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you, you really think that there would be, I, I do know like, like fenders, fenders and stuff are pretty easy to come by. You can find a hood um, if you want to drive a few hours, things like that. Um, but the beds, the, bo you know, the box bed, whatever you want to call it, the bed, um, that's, that's something that's hard to find that's, you know, doesn't look like it was shot up with a 12 gauge. <laughs> so, um, 
now you now today you took the day off of work just to work on it. So what'd you work on today? Right. Um, today I uh, I wanted to get the bed bolted down um, all the way. So I've had four of the eight bolts sunk through it since I pulled it out of paint. And um, so I actually have a 74 bed um, on here and, and six of the eight, I guess, brackets here line up with the frame. So um, I wanted to sink the last two in there and I actually just had the bed uh, bed lined on Monday. So I was actually off work on Monday as well for this truck. So um, yeah, I had, I had it linexed and it's, it's, um, it's pretty nice. I had the, the topper cut done. So I got the bed rails and the top of the tailgate kind of wraps around. Um, I just had to get it, I had to get it covered with something cause it was, it was starting to surface rust on me. Cause I, I had the whole bed and everything um, sandblasted like two years ago now. And it was just sitting in epoxy primer and um, yeah, I kind of just wanted to get it painted here first. And then I, I figured as soon as I could, I would get a bed line. So now you also, I know this Jeep isn't a, uh, oh, it isn't a trailer queen. It's you're going to use it a little bit and you take it to shows. It's, a, it's more of a driver than a, you know, one you're going to take to uh, right concourse yeah <laughs> so it's one sometimes people you know do it you know ferrari they'll bring it down to nut and bolt restoration this is like hey we're gonna get this together looking good and have some fun with it right uh, you got the what you got a bumper to do yet did you get the bed or the not bed what do you call those things seats did you get the seats bolted in yet i haven't yet um i'm trying to decide between buckets or a bench the factory bench i have um the actual structure of it, the frame, the springs and all that are in good shape. So that would just be a reupholstery job. Um, but I've been kind of looking into it, reading up on forums and hitting the Facebook groups and stuff like that. And people actually, um, Dodge Dakota seats actually are pretty popular in these. Like the, I don't know what generation, this just kind of the, maybe the 96 to, you know, 01 Dakota, um, kind of late 90s Dakota seats, those those fit in there pretty well. Um, if you want to stick with the bench seat, I did talk to a guy who was running uh, old Dodge D100, um, a bench seat out of one of those, and it's got the, got the jump seat in the middle with the armrests and all that. And, um, so no, I haven't, I didn't, you know, I'm hesitant to drill through my brand new floor pans um, <laughs> just to get the seat in there. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much just moving it in and out of the garage here on weekends and stuff. So it's like, I just got a block of wood in there and it's <laughs> all I need for that. But I, um, yeah, I think I'm going to take the winter to, to get those floor pans um, kind of sealed up and coated. And then I think in the spring here, I'll probably start looking for seats and, Kind of make a decision on what I want to do. What about bumper? Did you get a bumper figured out? I couldn't remember if you got. We talked about that. I haven't gotten a bumper figured out. I do have the the factory rear bumper. It's pretty rusted. Um, I don't even know if it's worthy for a sandblast job. I feel like it would come back uh, full of holes. So, <laughs> um, 
yeah, I haven't, I haven't figured that out. Um, and then for the front, I do have a nice uh, factory three-piece chrome bumper. Um, I'd probably just like to clean up the brackets on those a little bit. And that might be a good poor 15 uh, job there. But the, the front bumper is actually pretty nice if I want to keep that look. And um, now that I have the bodywork and the paint into it, yeah, I, I think it would be a good idea to run some bumpers on it. And just in case, you never know, especially in the rear. I would hate to get rear-ended in this thing and, you know, <laughs> end up with a big crease in the tailgate or something like that. So, um, It looks nice. I saw it in person a couple weeks ago at the event, and uh, it looks like you're in a home stretch. But sometimes when it comes down, like when you build a house, we built a townhome, my wife and I, years ago. This is that we're actually in our third home now, but our first home is a townhome. I remember get the walls. I'm like, man, we'll be moving in soon. But once you get the walls up, that's just uh, barely starting. Do you feel you're, like you're where do you feel you're at in the process? Halfway, three fourths, home stretch. Where are you at in the process? You think? Um, I would say three quarters. I mean, it, it is nice having the bed bed lined. I I am running a fuel cell. I guess for safety reasons or whatever. I I would just like to. I would like to get. I I can get a. a an aftermarket, you know, poly gas tank, and I can get all the pieces for the filler neck and this and that. And so I, I think next next summer's project will be mounting um, more of a factory style tank. Um, I know a lot of guys they run suburban tanks in these because there's plenty of room underneath. And but I gotta I gotta take into consideration my exhaust now. And um, I don't have true duals. I have a Y pipe, like I said. So. It kind of collects at the front, runs alongside the transmission, and then it splits off um, just behind. But um, well, it sounds great. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it turned out the exhaust. Yeah. It's, it sounds it's pretty good. So sound bad. I don't know. I don't know how the best sounding V8s are always a Ram or a Dodge. And right, <laughs> every you no, know, this is it's technically a five nine liter. So I mean, I don't know. It's uh. Yeah, it, it's it's got a good sound to it. I think I'm running like a Flowmaster. I think it's a Flowmaster 40, just for the muffler. And um, I had the exhaust done down in uh, Northfield. There's a guy down there that does custom exhaust. And um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I feel like I'm at the uh, honestly, I kind of feel like I'm at the expensive part now. It's like the interior. So I'm running, you know, bare. You know, no door panels right now. Um, and there is one supplier here online where, I mean, if I wanted to, I could get kind of reproduction door panels. I could get um, molded carpet or vinyl, any factory color that I want. And uh, I guess what I've kind of been running through in my head now is how how I want to uh, seal up the floor. and you know, kind of get it as soundproof and, um, you know, I, I would like to, to put a nice coating down and I've, I've been researching that a little bit and there's a stuff called lizard skin. That's what I was just going to suggest. Cause I've, yeah. I've looked at that stuff too. I watched different videos on lizard skin, uh, for Jeeps and everything, taking the carpet all the way out. So then you just have, um, 
no carpet. So if you get wet, no big deal. Just we have drain holes in Jeeps. I don't know if you knew that, but they're awesome. Right. Uh, but I was thinking about doing that to my own Jeep, rip it all out. But then I'm like, that's eh, fine for now. I'll wait till I really need it. Right. <laughs> so, so if I ever swamp it or it gets stuck in the rain real bad, then that's when I'll rip everything out. My brother-in-law pulled everything out and he'd lined all of his. It wasn't with lizard skin. I don't know if lizard skin has a different property than rhino lining, but I think it does better sound deadening wise, if I remember right. So, well, I read something on, on bed lining and it said, um, you know, those floor pans, they get, they get pretty hot right behind the firewall there. And uh, I drive this thing around in flip flops and on a hot summer day like today, uh, yeah, they can get they can get pretty warm. So I, I was kind of reading up on bedliner and they say that if it gets hot enough, it can kind of off gas, you know, these toxic fumes and this and that. So then I started looking at um looked into that lizard skin stuff a little bit more. And I guess the difference is that it's got these microscopic ceramic beads in there. And that's what um kind of gives you the sound. Well, it gives you both sound editing and then it gives you uh, temperature control. So I know on Lizard Skin's website, they say that you can you can reduce your cab temperature by like 30 degrees. Oh, there you go. Not a sponsor, but we, we like their product already. <laughs> right, right. And uh, awesome. yeah, so I'm considering doing that. But right now I just have uh, your classic Rust-Oleum. Uh, I was too afraid to... Uh, to buy anything in a can and spray the floors just because I feel like I'd have to mask the whole truck off and I don't have a whole lot of room here in the garage. So um, I ended up just buying a $10 can of uh, clean metal primer. Stuff looks like Elmer's glue, but you just, I just scuffed up the pans a little bit and uh, brushed that stuff on, used a little roller and got it all spread out. And so I got the floor pans coated for now, but um i think next steps here are going to be uh i'd like to kind of scuff up the rest of the floor get behind the seatbelt rail there and maybe maybe go up i don't know maybe an inch or two kind of all around the back of the cab there on the wall and um get everything primed and maybe do that lizard skin stuff in the in the spring so yeah sometimes it's uh I, I know this with my Jeep, there's always these little problems that always come up with a certain model. And like, for example, with TJs, the, the front fenders are always going to rust every time. And if you right. drive, you know, and I said, I kind of concluded with my friend Wade, that's because there's a hole underneath and the salt will come up and get underneath. So it rusts from the inside out. Like you can't like put oh, stuff yeah. on top. It's just going right. to And so you got to find the and so we all, friends in our groups, you know, we the three of us put in different fenders, MCE fenders. We did, so we cut our fenders right all with rust and slapped these wow. plastic things on top. So it kind of circumvented that problem. Uh, so it sounds like you're kind of looking at some problems you might have and just work around them as best you can and improve the stock thing. So um, that's right. It's always fun to do, you know, four oh, yeah. five years after it's built, kind of make some adapt adaptations for it. <laughs> I think on our, you know, our last call here, I was, I was talking about the, the rust that you get on the bedsides of these things. And, um, I will say I, I brought it to the car wash. So I took my grinder, I cut out probably a two inch high by maybe foot long strip of steel. 
cut that rod out of the bedside right down at this pinch weld here. And um, I go to the car wash and I start spraying up inside of there and just all, all kinds of crap came out, just rust. And I feel like there was mouse nest in there and <laughs> whatever else. But I, I just, you know, this is right before I brought it up to my, uh, I had a, I had a buddy do uh, the body work and the paint. And uh, this was right before I brought it up to his place. I wanted to make sure that, you know, I could get as much out of there as I, as I could before we patched in those uh, bedsides and sealed it up. Cause that is one of my fears is that rust starting to creep back. Cause I, I have a feeling that inside of the bedside itself, there's uh, probably quite a bit of rust. So um, they do sell full bedsides for these things. That's just a little bit over my head to go cutting the, the side of my truck off. And um, yeah, once you start, you could make a whole new vehicle for the aftermarket parts a lot of times, you know, so yeah. how deep do you want to go? Like, oh. I know there's LMC truck out there for like your, your Ford products and Chevy products. And, uh, right. but if you're going to build like, for example, um, what is that? You, you're talking about a, a square body C10, they're going right. 50 to 70 grand. So if you're going to, right. Know, you could, you could do that for that type of vehicle. Cause it was, it's going to get that in the, an auction if you do a great job with it. But. Well, that's uh, a good point. Cause like with the C10, you know, I, I could buy a whole box if I wanted to. And um, with the Jeep, it's just so hard. It's like, you know, at least at least someone is making bedsides for it, but you know, they want like fifteen hundred aside. So I, it's it's a little much. And I think at that point, I'd probably just go with a flatbed. And you know, I've seen flatbeds. My buddy in high school had a flatbed truck. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I've seen these Jeeps, these J10s with uh, flatbeds, and they look they look pretty cool. I mean, granted, they're a lot of them are short, short chassis, but um, people take long beds just like they do with C10s. They take long beds and they bob the, Shop bob it. the box and they, you know, cut the frame and um, shorten yeah. them up. I mean, it's the J10s. I guess since owning one, um, you know what I've seen online and stuff like that. It's just you kind of got the purists that that keep everything all original and you know, maybe they came across a barn find and they're just trying to restore it. And I feel like I'm kind of somewhere in between, but then you do have the guys that, I mean, they make some pretty cool crawlers out of these things. And, um, and then, you know, every, everything down to a, like a mud truck down South or something like that, you know, they, there's definitely some, some Jeep trucks that have been turned into some pretty cool, uh, like mud boggers. So, are you taking, are you going to something that I think you said you went to a Mopar show with it? Yeah. Um, I think a couple of weeks after I got it up here from Kansas, I, uh, yeah, uh, the county fairgrounds there is right nearby. So I, I went to the Mopar show and parked next to a couple of CJs and, uh, definitely the only Jeep truck there, but I didn't, it kind of was weird. It's like, I didn't really have a place. There was a couple little Dodge, uh, Dodge little reds there and some B one hundreds. And then there was, like I said, a couple CJ guys and it's like, I was in kind of the seventies realm, but there was no other Jeep trucks. And so, yeah, that was pretty cool. And I actually went to a, I went to a car show up in Hugo, uh, last weekend. And, uh, speaking of Corvettes, I had a, 
had a brand new mid-engine Corvette park right next to me. So it's, um, yeah, it's just kind of neat. And it's like, there was just as many people looking at the J10 that there were a brand new Corvette. Well, I think <laughs> I was just going to say, I, every time I see a Corvette right by and I'm in my Jeep, I always think that guy wishes he had a Jeep. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that guy wishes he had a Jeep, you know, and my, uh, my son, he saw this old couple in the Jeep. Goes, why would they buy a Corvette? I'm like, well, that's kind of the thing. You turn sixty and you, you know, you're gonna retire. You buy a Corvette. It's kind of like the car you get for some reason for, for a lot of folks. And so he goes, why is that? I'm like, I don't know. It's just the thing. Um, right. They, they stamp those things out left and right. You know, I think you'll get more people come up and asking you questions about your Jeep than the new Corvette. To be honest with you, right. it's a rare bird. I mean, there's not. Yeah, some guy actually offered to buy it, and I just wasn't ready to. Uh... <laughs> You know, I, I kind of started running the numbers in my head and, you know, like I said, I, I just had it painted and granted I had a, a buddy do that, you know, it still costs some money and um, that's kind of a whole story in itself too, as far as picking a color and um, this and that, but um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's always fun going to a show and just meeting different people and um yeah, I got plenty of questions on it. And, um, we were at the event, and there was multiple, you know, TJs there. And there was plenty of JKs, a JLR2, one right. JP, one Bronco, and a CJ. Right. I think, like, people walked up and says, whose truck is that? That's that's the thing. It was, like, the one they wanted to talk to was – is we'll talk about was your truck. So, I think we stood around that about a third of the time, you know, and it was, it was just – a talking point because it was the rarest thing there uh by a long shot i would say so it was kind of cool to see and have you out there i'm glad you came so well cool yeah. you got we got a good update from you on on what's going on with the j10 i i love these trucks I think they're cool as heck um i'm always looking out for some old trucks here and there myself and uh just don't have room in the garage for another project but <laughs> well right yeah kind of i know that well, cool. Well, thanks for giving us an update here. That's kind of what this episode is all about, is just some updates on some people's builds. And uh, I'm excited to see you finish this up, and hopefully next summer we'll have you on again and see yeah. where it's sitting, okay? Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Thanks, Kevin. We'll see you, bud. All right. Thanks. Again, thanks for listening to the Cross Thread Off-Road Podcast, brought to you by Prime Shape Fitness. Why help people in person and online, in small groups, large groups, one-on-one, you name it. Just reach out to me. If you're looking to get in better shape, lose weight, tone up, you name it, I can help you out. I've been doing it since 1999. Just reach out with, to me on Facebook, primeshapefitness.com, or Facebook, Prime Shape Fitness. Find me. We'll talk.